I hope you are already seated, and if not, please do sit somewhere comfortable. As you're settled, let us pray together. Holy One, we come to you with more longing than pure joy this week after our muted celebration of your resurrection. We yearn for the blazing thrill of being your Easter people together at church after a very long Lent. Guide us as we put ourselves in the situation of those first bereaved disciples groping for how to be your people in a dark time. Permeate us with your presence. Show us how to witness through these wounds of isolation, how to be your church in the world. As I said, please be seated. We will need to use your imagination with more vigor than usual, since your preacher, like Jesus, is not physically with you. It may help to close your eyes or whatever you need to do to place yourself in your inner seeing. This year, the barriers are lower than usual to picture ourselves in the situation of the disciples on that first long Easter day. We are cut off from our customary enormous gathering of praise, thanksgiving, and recovered alleluias. So since we are off balance, let's set ourselves to discover our likenesses to them. We are still striving to come to terms with the catastrophe of that Friday when our Jesus died. We continue our awe at his miraculous rising three days later. To begin with, you may be picturing behind your eyelids a group of men on that first day. Don't be fooled. In fact, it was our women who discovered the empty tomb. It was Mary Magdalene who stood weeping there and beheld the angel and then actually spoke to Jesus before she ran to tell Peter and the others. So the disciples here are both men and women as they were then. The disciples who gathered on that first day were frightened. The temple authorities were searching for groups that proclaimed Jesus as Lord rather than Caesar Augustus. Those initial fears were of the conquering powers of empire, destroying all who oppose it. Our fears are of pervasive illness against which we have little defense. Against our fears, we keep the memory of Jesus himself who came slipping into that room presenting himself alive. It was, it is, like light, like warmth, like a sigh of breath. We dream of reviving in his presence, becoming more present and real to him and to ourselves. We too can feel ourselves as present, our slight movements, as we expand our lungs with each inhalation. Jesus still says, 
Peace be with you. Jesus still breathes over us. We can draw in the fragrance of that breath, that peace. We are compelled by Jesus' voice, floating in the silence, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the gift of forgiveness. It is for you and for all with whom you share it. Blessed are you who believe and those who come to believe through your witness. John tells us that Jesus did many other signs so that all may come to believe that he is the Messiah, the Son of God. We are to center our lives on the name of Jesus and call others to do the same. We are witnesses sent into a pagan world. We look for revelation in the scripture of our lives, as Frederick Buechner says, the scripture of our lives. That Easter blends with this one. Easter is really all time. Easter is the center of eternity. Be here now. Our believing takes place in a different sort of locked room. With a prayerful inner eye, we can intuit the correspondence to the original one. As the original group was locked in from fear of empire, we are locked into our room by COVID-19, as fearful as an enemy as any Roman soldiers. This is a new time just as the disciples found themselves in a new time. Feeling unbalanced and hazy may be sensible. Whether you are locked in with family or by yourselves, the church is with you. Some of us are locked in with family members who are dear to us even while they get on our nerves. At my house, my granddaughter Moxie, a college art school sophomore, has created a ritual to fulfill an assignment. Each evening after dinner, our family members line up the four of us in the same order each time. Moxie ceremonially proceeds down the line, giving us each a loving hug. We four spontaneously expanded the ritual to give each other a hug. Two weeks of this ritual will be spliced together and handed in as her What I Did in the Interim assignment. St. Martin's Zoom and Facebook services are stitched together in a similar fashion. Rituals of love in a time of coronavirus. Others of us live alone. Sociologists say that since the 1960s, the percentage of single-person households has grown, driven by high divorce rates, falling birth rates, and longer lifespans overall. At the same time, networked technologies beginning with the telephone have made living alone possible and often desirable. 
Many of those living alone have been staying in touch with St. Martin's by phone and email, doing their best so that no one is fearfully lonely. Regular phone communications are the ties of fellowship, the bonds of church. Church staff have learned more than we thought possible about Zoom gatherings. Being locked in forces us to acknowledge the value of family, the importance of community, and the necessity of church. For those of us too much together and those too much alone, St. Martin's regular virtual gatherings are a lifeline. One benefit of this new way of being church is that all our services are captured by the internet. We can return to savor the seven last words, the Stations of the Cross, Monday, Thursday, the overpowering Good Friday music and prayer, Solemnity of Easter Vigil and the services of Easter Day whenever we want. Holy Week is too large to be contained by any single week. Now it has escaped the constraints of time. Easter is beyond time. I end with the words of Peter from our reading today. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy, for you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. May Easter blessings support you in these last weeks of isolation. <laughs>